I missed a birthday that we have this week. Nellie's got a birthday. <laughs> she thought she was going to get by. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, God bless you. Happy birthday to you. Now you're legal. <coughs> man, man. They come very quickly, don't they? Seems like they get faster every year. I'm sure it's not that way for all of you. Just me. <laughs> Just me. All right. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Heavenly Father, we come to you once again thankful for your presence. Thankful for the Holy Spirit that you've sent to comfort us and give us peace, Father. Lord, if there's anyone here this morning that doesn't know you as their Savior, I ask, Lord, that you draw near unto them. Lord, if there's anyone listening out there that's, that's wondering what in the world that is happening in the world that we're living in, you tell us in Scripture. And the answer is you. Father, I ask that you stir people's hearts, draw them closer to you, in order that the gospel of Jesus be re reach their heart, plant seeds, be watered, and you save them. Time is short, Father. It's shorter than it's ever been. Come quickly. Father, come quickly. Because if we're in you, in you and us, victory is ours for the claimant. Thank you, Jesus, for the cross. Thank you that we have peace and comfort with you. Thank you that we can lean on you. Father, we are in a time that, that is so treacherous. It's so uneasy on all of us. But you've promised to make each step with us. These things I ask and pray in the name of Jesus and give you the honor and praise for. Amen. You know, I've been, I've been low this week, I'll just tell you, and I, I didn't realize it was showing on me. But somebody last night said, you just look whooped. I felt whooped all week. I felt whooped all week. And when I when I when I say to you and when I say to Sandy and when I say to George and when I, the effects of what's taking place in our little family are on all of us. And it's okay to weep. It's okay to be weary. It's okay to to feel that way. And I know if I'm feeling that way, you must be feeling that way. But it's okay. It's okay because God is using this to draw us near to Him. 
And though we don't know what the outcome will be, it's going to be perfect. Because He's the one calling the shots. And we can rejoice in that, knowing that He is perfect. And that He has our best interest. He has Janet's best interest. He has Danny's best interest in mind. So it's okay. I want you to know this morning, it's okay to be feeling a little low. It's okay. That's why, that's why we're a church family, to love on one another and to lift each other up in prayer. Let me tell you something. I, I thought y'all were diligent prayer women, but y'all been, somebody said this morning their knees are getting calloused. Well, you know what? That's a good thing. That's a good thing. All of our knees should be calloused in prayer. All of our necks should be crooked from bowing so much. And I want you to understand this morning in the passage that I'm going to share with you, don't give up. Because our hope is in Jesus. And the last time I checked, He came up out of the grave. He conquered the cross. And when He did so, everything fell under that. Everything. We looked at Job last week. And I'd planned to go back to Job this morning, but I'm not. I've told y'all I'll quit telling you where I'm going to go because it don't happen. But, but, the, but in, in that scripture it said, Job was a just and upright man. And, and what fell upon Job wasn't because of his fault. But what a beautiful picture in that Christ knew Job's heart. And, 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 and he allowed Satan to come against Job. And if I encourage you, if you didn't last week, go read Job. Job had moments of doubt. Job had moments where he was weeping. Job had moments of sorrow through all that. It's okay. But Job got delivered. Job got delivered. So I want you to know here this morning, it's okay. It's okay. Even though the world around you is trying to tell you that God's not in control. Don't you buy that mess. Don't you buy that mess. Because He's in absolute control. And every dot and tittle that's in this Word of God is going to come to pass. And I know what the back says. So when I say, Lord, come quickly, oh, don't, don't, isn't that what we mean? So it's okay. It's okay to weep. It's okay to, to be sorrowful. But you stand strong in what you know. 
And that is our Lord is in control. Our Lord is in control. No, we don't have the answers. Job didn't know what the outcome of the story was going to be. We're not, we're not given that. But we do know who holds tomorrow. We do know who holds tomorrow. And because of that, we can have faith that it's all going to be alright. It's all going to be wonderful according to His will. Alright, sorry. No, I'm not. Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. And I, I really, I want to I wanna focus... From verse 18 on. But I want to go back and read the first 18 verses because I don't like to read scripture in pieces. I, sh I, I don't want to twist any context. I don't want, I don't, I just, that's just me. So you have to bear with me. Romans chapter 8. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Now, in going hand in hand with this message this morning of hope, okay? Because I feel like some I feel like we're in a we're in a stupor of it could be it would be very easy for for us to, to Say it's hopeless when it's not hopeless, okay? But going hand in hand with this message this morning, I, I want you to keep in mind and be reminded of the deceptions that are taking place around about you. The deceivings. Okay? And everything you hear in the secular world would lend you to believe that we're in a very hopeless state. They don't have a cure for the pandemic. The, the government is crumbling. We're, we are just in a hopeless situation if you listen to anything in the secular world. Well, I'm here to tell you this morning, it's not hopeless if you're a child of God. It's not hopeless. It's the furthest thing from hopeless. Our, our eternity is secure. Our outcome is as secure as it's ever been. Our victory is final. So it's not hopeless. It's not hopeless. Verse 2, for the law of the spirit of life is, is in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and account, on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh. That the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. We, we've touched on this many times before, hadn't we? 
but especially in times of which we are in at this, at this moment, whether, whether these circumstances are touching us personally or, or we're just living in a world full of them. It is ever more important that we stay spiritually minded because everything else that comes into our ears and, and into our minds is carnal. It's just carnality. Can you believe the commercials that are on TV right now? Can you believe it? It's vulgarity. It's X-rated. Feeding the minds of, of, of children and grown-ups. It's poison. We got cartoons. I can't even I mean I can't even begin to I can't even talk about it in front of you. It's so embarrassing. The things they say, the things they insinuate. This world is getting worse, people. Wrap your minds around it. It's only going to get more worse. That's not correct grammar. And worser is not right. So I don't know. But it's getting it's gonna get bad. Where's Cindy when I need her? It's gonna get bad and it's gonna get worse. And God's people have got to learn to be spiritually minded and turn that other crap, excuse me, off. Because that's what it is. It's filth. It's filth. And whether you like, would like to believe it or not, that filth, if you let it in, it starts, it starts making things dirty. Because it draws you away from being spiritually minded. And in the times that we're in and in the times that are coming, we have got to be able to hold on to that spiritual mind so that we can grasp a hold of God's promises and stand firm and have faith to endure. Period. Period. I'm going to tell you something else. There is a multitude of people out there wanting to hear God's truth. If you think God's not work, still working in folks, you're wrong. If that was the case, we'd have all done been gone. There is a multitude of people out there in the trenches somewhere hungry. Hungry. I'll give you. I'll give you a, a, a tidbit. That sermon two weeks ago, when I stood here and 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 said some very tough things. Some very tough things, but it was the truth. Had more views and more likes on Facebook than anyone we've ever had. Now that's not that's not the only thing I go by. 
But there are people out there hungry for the truth. And we got pulpits full of people that won't tell them the truth. Bible talks about that. Talks about these times. I hope that you are are, are in tune to where we're at in the biblical timeline. I can we are here in the end days. The end days are from when Jesus left and is coming back. We're in the end days. But we're let me tell you something. We're, we're way, way on down the trail. I'm not I'm not I'm not foolish enough to stand up here and tell you try to tell you when he's coming because I don't know and no man knows only he knows but I can tell you it can't be long but I can tell you until he does we got a responsibility and that is to be spiritually minded all God's people have a responsibility to stay spiritually minded and to cleanse themselves from the things of this world and to keep themselves clean from the things of this world if you don't keep your thing, yourself clean from the things of this world, you're going to be tainted. You can't help it. You live in a, in a fallen temple. Your tent is nasty. Period. Spiritually minded. It's, I'm trying to press this point home because unless we're spiritually minded, we can't, we can't grab hold of the end of this chapter. We can't fully take hold of it and, and, and have the peace of the end of this chapter. But it says again, it says, For to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Don't leave out peace. I don't know about you, but I'd like a little peace. Bible clearly tells us the only way we can get peace is through Him. I can promise you this, you flip on the television, you ain't going to get no peace, are you? It's one catastrophe right after the next. Because the carnal mind in verse 7 is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you, now if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. If you haven't been saved and the Holy Spirit does not indwell in you, then understand what he's saying. You are lost, lost, lost as lost can be. You are separated from God, period. You are living in the flesh. There are hundreds of thousands of millions of people sitting in churches this morning that are living in the flesh and separated from God that think they're okay. Just telling you. Just telling you. I'll put, put it better than that. There are no telling how many pulpits this morning that we got lost men standing up trying to preach the gospel. 
And they're going to answer for it. They ain't got no business up there. And when you start putting yourself in a position that God puts you in or doesn't put you in, you're dealing in bad things. But, but churches are full of them. Standing, giving motivational speeches about how much God loves you and that anything you're doing, any way you're living, it's okay because He just loves you. Bull butter. Sin is sin. I'm, I'm telling you, it makes me sick. The trumpet is going to sound any day and we got people leading, leading like, a bunch of, like a herd of cows with cubes to hell. It's ridiculous. But we know what the Bible says. That's the times we're living in. We got to wake up. We got to wake up. No more can we coast through life being a Christian. He has called you to live in a time where you're going to have to, you're gonna have to make some tough decisions. And, and, and if we're not spiritually minded and we're, we're living in the flesh... We're going to get so overwhelmed that, 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 that we'll run, get in the corner and, and, in a fetal position and just cry. Well, I'm going to tell you something. God's called you to be victorious. He's called you to be victorious. He didn't call you to go get in the corner like a little wimp and hide from it all. If He saved you he and, he's, and the Holy Spirit's living inside you, you've got the greatest general of any army that can ever be just living right there inside you. They can tell you every step to march. Spiritually minded. So the well, let me see. Verse 9. Man, I wish I had Janet here to tell me what scripture to be in. I know. <laughs> and if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the Spirit is life because of righteousness. Praise God. But if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. You can be alive. If you are saved and the, and, and the Holy Spirit is living inside of you, you have life. You have life. And there is nothing or no one or no government or no nothing that can take that life away from you. But it's so easy for us it's so easy for our minds to, to start, because, because we allow stuff to creep into our heads, it's easy for our minds to convince ourselves that it's all for nothing. We're just... Let me tell you something. There ain't no shot of Gatorade like the Holy Spirit. There's nothing you can put in your veins that can give you the life like, like Jesus lives inside of you. 
And, and, and because of him living inside of you, when we come up against these trials and tribulations and these, and these circumstances in which we live, and it seems like they're just coming one right after the next, day by day, it's like, what, what else? Can, because he's living inside of us, we can endure. But we must draw near to him and, and push the rest of that away. We must draw near to Him. We must seek Him. We must stay in, in, in the right relationship with Him in prayer and, and feeding on His Word. Verse 12, Therefore, my brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Well, I'm going to tell you something. There's no, there's no more important time than right now than, than to be called the sons of God. There's no more important time than right now in, in, in the world that we live in and in, in the, the mess that we're, we find ourselves in. There's no better time than right now to be Call the sons of God. It's not time for weakness or doubt. That's, that's right where Satan wants to get you. That's right where he, 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 he loves to get us in a situation that where, we, where we're in and, and, and he loves to say, now, mm -hmm. is, is God really hearing your prayers? God really in control? Or this God that you believe in is not quite as good as you think he is, is he? A good God wouldn't allow such and such. Isn't that how he works? A loving God wouldn't take such and such from you. That's how Satan works. A, a, a kind God, a God that calls you his own, wouldn't, wouldn't dare want you to have to go through all of this. We're not guaranteed that, are we? The Bible tells us we're no better than the Master. No one has suffered like he suffered. No one was persecuted like he was persecuted. It also tells us that we're, we, we will face persecution. We will face sufferings. And what does it also say about our faith? Precious is gold when you go through those trials and tribulations. Verse 15, For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirits that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with Him, that we may also be glorified together. 
Praise the Lord. You see, you don't just suffer for nothing. You don't just suffer because you're His. There's a reward in that suffering. There's a reward in it. What does He say there at the end? We may also be glorified together. Oh. Now, verse 18, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. You know, we, we're human. And, 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 and this suffering is, is horrible. It feels horrible to us. When we go through these trials and tribulations in which we, we suffer. I remember, I, I remember in the last days of Daddy going to dialysis. There were two or three times I had to go take him and pick him up. And he would get in the car and his whole entire body would just cramp at one time. And, I, th I mean, think about a leg cramp. I'm sitting at my desk the other night and I got a leg cramp. And, and you, if you, I can't stand them. Uh, I can't stand them. They hurt. I jumped up out of the desk, flipped the desk nearly over because my, my legs were under the desk. But every time I get a cramp, I think about that. And one day coming home, he was cramping up. And I said, Daddy, is there anything I can do? He said, one day, we'll be no more. One day there won't be no more cramps. Because he's going to reach his perfectness. Perfection. But he understood that in that present temple that he was living in, that suffering and persecution, had, we had to endure it. But there's a glory coming. There's a glory coming. There's a reward coming. Because of the transformation that has taken place in our life, we, we in the end, if you're saved, will be glorified with the Son. We don't have to get hung up on, on this old temporal situation that we're in. And it's natural for us to. But he says, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall re be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope, Christ. Because creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption. In other words, creation from the effects of sin will be delivered as well. Into the glorious liberty of the children of God. 
For we know that we, the whole creation groans and labors with birth pains together until now. Not only that, but we also who have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan. Amen? Don't we groan? Within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption, the redemption of our body. I don't know about you, but I long for heaven. I think there's something wrong with you. I think you need to check your salvation if, if, if you don't long. If you, if you claim to be a Christian and, and something in you doesn't, doesn't cause you to long for heaven. That's just my opinion. I'm not judging you. But I don't understand how anyone who has been born again and is living a walk with Jesus can't long for heaven. Because I don't know about you, but nothing down here is appealing to me anymore. And when I read in my Bible about everything that's down here, it doesn't mean anything anymore. But it says we groan. Verse 24, for we are saved in this hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. Good stuff right there. Hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. With perseverance. That's what we got to have. Perseverance. I have a hope in Christ. I believe without a shadow of a doubt that what He's promised is going to 100% come true. 100%! I have a hope! Yet I have not seen it. I believe it's going to take place. I believe it will come to pass. But apart from salvation, there is no hope. What is there to hope for? You're separated from God. For we were saved in this hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he see for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weakness. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit Himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. I want you to know that as much as we've been praying for those around us, that, that, that He has been making intercession for us. He's been making intercession for you. Your prayers have been heard. Don't think they haven't been heard. Period. I know it feels like there's no answers. That's this old temple again. But it says He knows what we need. 
We don't. We know what we want. Verse 27. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Aren't you thankful that he's making intercession, that he's stepping in between my prayers and and making intercession for the will of God? Because I'm going to tell you, I would screw it up. That's how much He loves us. That's how much He's promised to take care of us. That's how much He has promised to see us through to the very end. And we know that all things work together for those for the good of, to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. Doesn't always feel that way though, does it? It's okay. Doesn't always feel that way. Does it always feel good to you? It doesn't me. But He's assured us that it is for our good. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called. Whom he called, these he also justified. And whom he justified, these he also glorified. Praise God. Verse 31, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen. Who is even at the right hand of God who also makes intercession for me and you. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other created thing 
shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Hallelujah. So pick your chin up. Get your head up. I've been right, I'm right there with you. I got my low spots. But you walk knowing that his people ain't going to be separated from him. His people will not be separated from him. And we can live freely knowing that we're victorious. Through salvation, we've got victory. We've got victory from the pandemic. We've got victory from the government. We've got victory from terrorists. We've got victory from our bank account. We've got victory from our job. We've got victory from whatever the world may throw at us. Because we can't be separated. We've been saved. They can take everything you own away. They can take everything all the way up and through your life. They, you, but they can't, the one thing that if you're a child of God that can't be taken from you is your standing with Him. You're standing with Him. So it's natural. It's natural to get sorrowful. It's natural to get anxious in this mess that we call the world. It's natural. But I want you to understand this morning, you go to your Bible. And you read what God's promised you if you're a child of His. And you hold on to what He's promised you. You hold fast to it and you stand strong on it. And you submit yourself to His authority and His sovereignty. And ask Him to pour out His mercy and His grace and, his, and faith into your life to stand. I'm going to tell you something. The Holy Spirit's going to show up, prop you up. Holy Spirit is going to prop you up. He's promised to. And I don't know of a promise He's ever broken or He will ever break. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank You for Your words. We thank You for Scripture that, that, that can motivate and, and strengthen our faith. Father, we thank You that You, you, put, you had men put pen to paper so that these words would last through the ages so that your people would have a place to go and feed on truth Father it's the only truth there is in the world today is your word the only truth everything else is tainted with sin you know our circumstances you know our you know the lowliness that we feel at the moment, Father. But I ask that, that the Holy Spirit prop each and every one of these people up. 
Father, I ask that you divinely pour out your mercy and grace and, and, and the measure of faith that it takes for each and every one to endure. Plead the blood of Jesus over this church. I plead the blood of Jesus over, over those who, who are trapped in deplorable situations, Father. Father, situations in which we can't even imagine. All because they call you Lord. I ask for your mercy, for your grace. Lord, I specifically lift up Danny and Janet, Sandy and George, and their families, Father. Give them the strength, the courage, hold fast to you. In Jesus' name, amen.